up and into the pesky pole. And that's going to get down the line. That one looks like it'll stay fair. And goodbye, home run. The pesky pole. The 2-2. Bringing a five ball deep down the right field line. Slicing by the pesky pole. And that ball hits the pesky pole. Slicing toward the pesky pole into the corner, and that ball is gone! A green can. Now in a high fly down the right field line, headed toward the pesky pole. Is he going to tuck it inside? Indeed he does! That is gone! Welcome everybody to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I'm your host, Sir Ritt. With me is our head writer, Mr. George Sutherland. George, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, you know, just uh, you know, watching the season wind down, uh, you know, waiting to the end and take a look and see what's going on in the playoffs. So. Yeah, uh, it, it's been a long season. Uh, it's been abysmal season. You know, we've had some great times and we've had some really bad times. But, George, there's more than just the Boston Red Sox. We've had some great times coming recently in our farm system and how we're going to bring on the next guest we're going to sit there and sit back and we will play this quick video and then see where we get to go Two, two, two down, two on. Seven, three drive, trying to win the South Atlantic League Championship. And it is! It's over! It's over! It's over! And the drive have won it. The 2023 South Atlantic League Championship with a 7-3 win over Hudson Valley. On a strikeout to end the game by Felix Zepeda. And here he is. He is from the championship Greenville Drive. The recently, we're going out on a high note, Mr. Kier Meredith. How you guys doing? Not so bad. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. What, watching that clip, Kier, what thoughts were going through your mind? What memories? You know, it was just what a week ago, week and a half ago. Yeah, I think tonight's uh, Wednesday, so yeah, that was I want to say last Tuesday, so a little over a week ago. Um, just the excitement, pure joy. I think that was the first. Uh, I won a couple of youth league championships, but uh, had no luck in high school, no luck in college. So that was really the first, I guess, real championship that I was I was able to win um, and be a part of. So it was a great time. Man. Uh... First off, let's stick with the Greenville Drive here. A lot, uh, a lot of players, a lot of moving parts throughout the season. How hard is it for a team to have to? Okay, like Hunter Dobbins, you know, moved up. Uh, Roman Anthony, you know, he moved up. Uh, how, how does a team function and stay united as you guys did throughout the whole season? Uh, yeah, it's tough. Like you just mentioned, two great guys went up. Um, it seemed like this year was honestly a revolving door. Uh, it felt like every week there was 
our manager Iggy was coming in the locker room telling us somebody was being shipped up to Portland. Um, but I think that just speaks to the culture in the organization. You know, down in spring training, um, you really don't know who's in double A, who's in triple A, who's in high A. I mean, it's just it's honestly it's gonna sound cliche, but it's it's one big family down there. Um, and so when, when guys move up and when and when the next guy comes in and replace, you know, you don't really miss a beat because you play with those guys down in spring training, you've got a relationship with them. You know, a lot of us are in group chats together and so we we stay in touch. So the camaraderie is already there and uh, the culture is established early on. So it's kind of easy um, when guys are coming up. You already know them. You've been around them and you enjoy being around them. You just have to go out in the field and play at the end of the day. So, uh, What was it like going into spring training this year, uh, knowing that of the talent that just moved through our farm system that, you know, a Heim Bloom had put together piece by piece and just what's it like to have that much talent early on in the season, you guys had all eyes on, you know, you guys, because that's where a lot of the talent was. So, you know, what's it like? Is there any pressure? I wouldn't say pressure, um, more so excitement. Uh, like you said, we kind of, we knew early on that all eyes were on us. Um, we knew that breaking camp, you know, we had a loaded roster. And so we were just excited to get out, get out on the road and start playing together, win some ball games. Uh, yeah, you know, you, uh, we've had some, a, a lot of, of your former players and current players on there. You know, we've had Macy O'Campbell on our uh, on our podcast. Oh, this Sunday we're having uh, Christopher Troy. You said you guys are, you know, really close. So, uh, last week, you, well, this what well, this past weekend, you sit there and announced the retirement. Yes. Like, uh you know, you, you've been playing baseball for quite some time. Uh, you just got sit there and started with the Red Sox in 2021. So what was the thought process that went in to make this decision? Uh, and this coincidentally, you're going out on top. Yeah, uh, it wasn't an easy decision at all. Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, I kind of the, the decision was made a few months ago, actually um, dealt with. So take you guys back to my college career, dealt with a number of injuries, had three surgeries, five major injuries throughout my time at Clemson. Um, and so I was actually fortunate and blessed that the Red Sox even took a chance on me, you know, out of, out of college. I was dinged up and quote unquote damaged goods, I, I would say. Um, and just this year, thought I was over the injury bug, you know, dealt with injuries again this year. Um, things didn't really feel the same. And so I kind of, you know, have, have to look in the mirror at, at that point and kind of you know, question, do I, do I want to continue to do this? Uh, can you continue to do this? Can you compete at a high level? Um, and I think just with tough conversations with myself, tough tough conversations with people around me that I love, um, you know, I think there's more for me somewhere. Um, obviously, I'm not playing anymore, but I think I have a lot to offer to this game. And so maybe, you know, one day that's coaching, maybe that's, that's scouting one day. Um, but I was kind of ready to turn that page and, and begin a new chapter and, and start to pour into the next generation and, and kind of serve. Uh, others in a different capacity um and so it was definitely a tough decision but i've got peace with the decision and i'm excited for what's next for sure george sure so what kind of immediate plans do you have i mean i, I know you just closed the door on your playing career you know, what what are you looking forward to doing you know as, as you turn into a new, a new chapter in your life yeah, so immediate uh, right now, um, there's a there's a number of I actually live in the Greenville area. I went to Clemson 
um, 45 minutes up the road. And then I was fortunate enough to play here in Greenville this year. And it, it doesn't get much better than Greenville, South Carolina. Um, so I decided to stick around and live here. Um, and there's a number of facilities uh, around. I actually got connected with guys that played at Clemson probably about 10 or 15 years ago, um, around 2010. And uh, they have a nice facility and they have a lot of athletes, a lot of youth teams. Uh, that run out of this facility and so immediately right now I'm, I'm i'm up at the facility helping them train players and helping coach the next generation up uh care uh you sitting there getting ready to coach the next generation up who you know we talked about several players spring training sometimes you know somebody takes people under their wing gives them advice uh have you had that uh, interaction you know where someone kind of like pulls you aside and, you know, uh, gives you some good advice. And what advice was that? Uh, yeah. The first guy that comes to mind, um, definitely you mentioned him earlier, was Narciso Crook. Um, met him early on in, in spring training. And I think the cool thing, you know, being in spring training, you're around guys, he had, he had some big league time himself. Um, honestly, I, I really didn't know who he was when I first met him. Really didn't, you know, know much about him. Didn't know he played in the big leagues. Um, but yeah, took me under his wing, talked to me a lot during spring training. I think the biggest advice, you know, he gave me was, was one, just be yourself. Um, and two, I think at the end of the, at the end of your playing career, nobody really is going to care about how good you were, how well you play. They always remember the kind of person you were and the kind of teammate that you were in the clubhouse. Um, so, so just be yourself and, and always, you know, treat the game with respect, treat your teammates with respect and just, uh, treat people well. Yeah, uh, Narcisco, he is an amazing guy. He was actually uh, one of the first people that uh, I got to talk to when I was at the Rail Riders Woo Sox game. And it was before the game, batting practice is going. He's walking by. And, you know, I, I went and, you know, let him do his batting practice, get his get his thing going. And he came back over and asked uh, for some time. And he goes, I, I give you a time. I give you an interview. All you got to do is which is I found out that's his thing. And I love it about him Do uh, pay it forward, do one good deed to someone else. And I was like, man, and just talking to him, great personality, always positive. And, you know, you got to experience that. And, you know, it seems to me you're the same way when you go, go and talk to these younger players and stuff, stay positive, you know, pay it forward and stuff. And that's what, you know, baseball, should always be about. Absolutely, absolutely, and he's a great example of that. Um, I can't say enough good things about the guy. You know, he's always, he's always smiling. He's got those big pearly whites, and uh, it's, it's always positive energy when you're around Crooky. Yeah, George. When you were when you were growing up, uh, obviously you played baseball. Uh, what other sports did you play? Who did you? Anybody you tried to emulate in your baseball career or your favorite player? Yeah, so I. Uh, <laughs> Growing up, you know, in the wintertime, I thought I was going to the NBA. Found out real quick that wasn't happening because I sucked at basketball. Couldn't shoot and couldn't dribble with my left hand, and I'm left-handed, so it doesn't make any sense. Um, but also, I ran track a little bit in middle school and high school, and then I, I grew up from – as soon as I touched the baseball, I touched the football as well. And so kind of football and baseball was neck and neck. You know, my brother played Division II football um, at a school in North Carolina. Um, and funny enough, you know, I chose baseball over football to pursue – because I didn't want to go to college. Um, and so I, I figured baseball was the route I could get drafted out of high school and kind of skip the whole college thing. We ended up going to college. So looking back, maybe I should have stuck with football. Um, but to answer your second question, I think 
you know, being a smaller guy at the time and a left-handed hitter, Kenny Lofton, I, I kind of saw the back half of his career as a, as a child, but um, he was a he was an exciting player and somebody I definitely try to emulate. Excellent. So, uh, going through, you know, you chose Clemson. What odd other colleges uh, were you, you know, looking at, or was Clemson, like you said, just down the road? Uh, was that always just a, you know, a first pick for you? Actually, no. Um, I don't think Clemson. I, I don't think I ever looked at Clemson as a as a possibility or an option um, until they until they started recruiting me early on. I was a uh, and this is this this timing is gonna come. This is bad timing on my end, but early on, I was a Florida State fan, um, and mm. Jameis Winston was there, and their baseball team was good. Obviously, Mike Martin's a legendary coach. They just beat our butts in football, but uh, I was a Florida State fan, and I was just set and, and convinced I'm going to Florida State. Well, when you know reality started to, to set in, I, I realized Florida State was ten hours from home, and that wasn't an easy drive up the highway and down the road, and so. That's when schools around North Carolina, uh, North Carolina State, UNC Chapel Hill, East Carolina, Duke, the whole nine, um, they threw the boat at me in high school. And then Clemson and South Carolina were the other two out-of-state schools. Um, and funny enough, one of my good friends, Max Starbuck, we were in sixth grade class together, grew up together. We were seven, eight years old, playing Little League together. His dad was a hitting coach at Clemson, um, and he had taken the job about two years before my recruiting process started. Um, and, and I kind of always knew I wanted to get out of state. Well, it made the most sense. You know, there was a guy down the road just three hours. I grew up with him. He's like a second dad to me now. And, and uh, he was he was the pool that got me to go down there. So um, that's kind of how everything worked out. And also, too, the football team being good played a big role. And uh, they were just they were just uh, building new facilities. So the bells and whistles helped out a little bit as well. Oh, good. <laughs> the the, the uh, spent probably endless time in the weight room there. Absolutely, yep. So uh, let's sit there and switch baseball a little bit. What do you like to do in your free time when baseball wasn't, you know, your number one priority, which now you are have a lot of free time. But uh, well, what do you like to do, you know, uh, what types of food do you like to eat, stuff like that? So being in, uh, being in upstate South Carolina, there's a ton of hiking trails. Um, we're kind of on the, on, the, on the cuffs of the mountains. Um, so there's a ton of trails you can walk around. Uh, there's a lot of there's three lakes within 45 minutes to an hour around here. Love going out on the lake. Love going out on trails. Um, one of my best friends taught me how to fly fish, and so the last couple of years I've kind of you know taken a liking in that, and that is it's it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> a lot harder than regularly regular fishing. Um, but I've taken a liking to that the last couple of years, and. Uh, Really just, I'm, I'm easy going, simple guy. I like hanging out with friends, you know, going out to eat, watching movies, uh, just the basic things. And uh, I eat like a 12-year-old still. So I love pepperoni <laughs> pizza is probably my favorite food. Um, give me some steaks some fries, burgers, chicken fingers. <laughs> I eat like your basic 12-year-old. Um, hopefully I'll grow out of that here soon. So I don't, uh, I don't blow up post-retirement. <laughs> Yeah, uh, don't feel bad when um, my fiance and I go out to a restaurant. She skims through the menu, and she goes, "They have chicken fingers." I'm like, "Of all, I'm like, they have a whole bunch of other things." She goes, "Right, they got chicken fingers." Oh yeah. I'm like, "Oh man." So, don't feel bad, you know, for being eaten like a 12 year old. 
other people still do too. Yeah. And I'm we trying to break her. I'm trying to break her of that habit. Trying yeah. to. <laughs> but you, you can't argue with her because you, you always you, you know always you, lose. You know what you're gonna get, right? Somebody can mess they, up a steak, they can they can cook the chicken too much, they can you know they can mess people I've seen people mess up vegetables, and so it's like Chicken fingers and fries. I know what I'm gonna get. You can't mess this up. And if you mess it up, we've got a problem. <laughs> yeah, try real hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, George, you know, you guys, you guys have some stuff in common, hiking and stuff like that. You have any more questions about that? Uh, so uh, you get you get into fly fishing. Uh, you're doing it locally. Any thoughts about you know maybe going out to the Rockies and places like that? To really kind of see see what you're all about and, and do that yeah so the, the guy that i was telling you about my friend that uh that that taught me actually upped and moved to colorado springs um <laughs> oh no way and so so he's out there he was he was telling me uh so here in south carolina usually they'll they'll stock the they'll stock the rivers with trout and so you literally like the first time i ever went you know every time we threw our freaking line in the water something was biting and, and we caught a ton of fish that day right but he said out out in the out west the fish are a little smarter. There's not that many of them, and uh, so he hadn't had he hadn't had that much luck. So I know if he's not if he's not having any luck right now, then I probably won't have that much luck when I go visit him in a couple months. But I I would love to uh, get just get to experience it. Good, yeah. It's a, it's a good friend of mine who was well into that, and he thoroughly enjoyed it. So definitely peaceful. Definitely. Absolutely. That's what he said. He said, just you, you, your line and the, and the fish. Absolutely. So. Yeah. I like to get off my phone as much as possible and just get some sunlight, be outdoors, smell the trees and just enjoy myself. Yeah. Uh, I, I sit there and try to do that, but it's, it's hard because, you know, as I was so lucky to get you to come on the podcast, I'm always hustling. I'm trying to sit there and get our podcast out there as much as possible. And, you know, I, I feel in my mind, I can't do that if I have my phone down. So, you know, some, maybe one day I'll be able to sit there and do the same thing you guys do, put the phone down and just sit back and relax. Yeah. Maybe one day I used to be the same way. I, uh, a couple of seasons ago, I had a social media job. I was working for a company out of Atlanta. Um, and they were trying to basically create an app and, bunch of stuff long story short i was on my phone for probably 12 hours a day it felt like and i think that was a turning point for me i had the worst brain fog in the world couldn't think straight and i was like all right i'm done with this i'm done with this i think after i ended up that was an off-season job i think when i went back to spring training i think i deleted social media off my phone for like two or three months because i was tired of looking at it oh, wow. <laughs> so uh growing up what was your sports team all right, so you want all of them, or you just want baseball? Hey, let's let's go. Let's go all of them to, to see how scattered you are. All right, I'm scattered. I'm just giving y'all a heads up. So, so football. I don't know how. My dad's from New Jersey, and somehow, some way, they're all Cowboy fans up there, and they're eight miles from Philadelphia. They hate the Eagles, and so I kind of was. I was born into it. And before you called me a bandwagon, I've seen the Cowboys win two playoff games my entire life. So I've been, I've been cheering for a bad team. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then being from North Carolina, uh, watching Chipper Jones, and uh, I think even I, I want to say I might have called the back end like Glavin's career, just just watching those guys. The Braves honestly weren't great either, but I was a Braves fan growing up. Um, really, those were the main two teams I mentioned. I was a Florida State fan earlier, 
not really a basketball fan, but my favorite athlete of all time is Kobe Bryant. And so I kind of cheer for the Lakers. I'm not a huge fan of LeBron. I'm not a fan of LeBron being there. So kind of don't really cheer for him much now. Um, and I think that's the big three. You know, I never never really watched MLS or, or even international soccer. Don't really understand it. Don't obviously, you know, you score a goal and let's go and you get excited. But I don't understand the, the halfback and the mid back and offense defense or anything. Um, and then I guess I guess that's about it. NHL. I really don't have a dog in the fight there. I went to a Hurricanes game as a kid. Um, I know the Bruins are a big deal up in Boston. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've never really had a dog in the fight in NHL either. So. Yeah, uh, I I gotta admit, you know the Kobe. I respect the guy. I was always a huge Shaq fan. Ooh. I followed him, you know, coming out uh, of high school, getting drafted, uh, then you know by the Magic. I just followed Shaq. I liked wherever he, you know, ended up and stuff. But Kobe, Kobe was, he was a different breed. You know, he was right there with the work ethic as you know, MJ to where he showed up to practice three hours, you know, before everybody. And he's still there after everybody's, you know, leave. That's one hell of a work ethic that, you know, a lot of the kids nowadays, they don't have that work ethic. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. That mama mentality just, it meant something to me, you know, growing up, uh, I would watch, you know, Kobe Bryant interviews. I would watch Kobe Bryant practice clips, game highlights. And, there was just something about him, like the aura he had over him that just, if he wanted something, he can go get it. And I think, you know, I I think as a young athlete, I honestly fed off of it. Um, my parents always told me, you know, you can be whatever you want to be if you work hard. And and watching him, you know, he gave me that belief in myself. Like, hey, if you want to go play college baseball, you can do it. You just got to work at it. Or if you want to play professionally, same thing. You can go do it. You just have to work at it. And so I think he was just a guy, you know, you looked up to um for for me personally growing up he was my mj yeah uh me i kind of look at like you know the rock with his merchandise you know project rockware hardest worker in the room you know i i love that mentality you know outwork everybody and you know it's something we got to instill on the the younger generations nowadays because a lot of them they just want everything handed to them and they don't want to work for it. Absolutely. And I don't, I don't think social media helps, you know, you've got, it's basically just a, a large highlight reel at the tip of your fingertips. And, uh, and, and even I was victim, you know, social media wasn't as prevalent when I was a child and growing up that much, but, you know, I used to remember looking at people and thinking that uh, overnight successes was a real thing. And it was possible. Like I used to, you know, look up, how do I, run a six three sixty in two weeks or how can I bench two hundred and twenty five pounds in a month? Like but the the more and more I worked, the more and more I was around the game, the more and more I honestly just matured and grew up in life, you realize that like those overnight successes aren't overnight successes. Like those guys were grinding and busting their butt. Like for an example, my one of my good buddies I played with in high school travel ball, David Schneider, um, with the Blue Jays, you know, he burst on the scene this year and everyone's like, holy cow, who's this twenty four year old superstar a great player, but like those people didn't see Davis in 2020 when he was, you know, struggling like everyone else with COVID and, and he was grinding and working and, and just chipping away. Um, you know, people only see it when you make it and, and, and they see the, the flashy highlights that social media curates for us. But 
a lot more goes into it. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, overnight successes, it's all a myth. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people want to sit there and say, and, and you've seen them, Roman Anthony. Yeah. Kyle Teal. Yeah. You know, those two burst on this on the Red Sox farm system this year. And they moved very, very quickly. Uh, can you sit there and talk a little bit about, you know, any interactions with Kyle or Roman that you had and uh, their mentality that you've seen preparing for uh, games and for, you know, this everyday baseball? Yeah, first and foremost, you know, two wonderful guys. Uh, they were a pleasure to be around every day in the clubhouse. Um, they were both, you know, quirky in their own ways and and just, just awesome guys to be around, you know. You, you go in the locker room, you know you're going to see Kyle Till, you know you're going to see Roman Anthony smiling and, and just cutting up. Um, but they're also, you know, incredible hard, incredibly hard workers, uh, probably two of the hardest working guys that I've ever been around in a in a clubhouse setting. Um, they show up every day. You know, they're loose, they're relaxed, but they know when it's time to go to work, it's time to go to work, and uh, you're not going to cheat them on reps or, or anything like that. And so to see them have the success that, that they both, you know, had when they burst into the scene, it's, it's no surprise to – the people that are around them every day. Um, and I think that that, that success is, is going to continue throughout the rest of their careers. Yeah. Uh, George and I, we're big Roman Anthony fans. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm representing the uh, the Roman <laughs> Empire shirt, established like 2022. <laughs> on the back, uh, George uh, put it on there, uh, join the growing legion, you know, because George is a big history buff. Uh Man, I, I just I, I love the how how mature he is for a 19 year old. Yeah. You know, like I see people 23, 24, 25 that aren't as mature as he is at such a young age and as successful as he is at a young age. But that that goes off of what you're saying here, the hard work that he puts in behind the scenes that we don't see. Yeah. yeah he seems incredibly grounded. Did you repeat that, George? I said he he seems incredibly grounded. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, there was never a time, even when the success, you know, even for example, when he got called for double A, he was kind of just like, whoa, like this really just happened. Like I, I, he wasn't expecting it at all. You know, he, he's a guy that's always living in the moment. He wasn't looking looking forward to uh, when am I going to get promoted? Because you've been around guys that, or I've, I've been around guys that are, you know, playing well and they're looking forward to the next thing. And like, when am I going to get promoted or when is this going to happen? When is that going to happen? But not Roman. He showed up every single day uh, with the same mentality. I've got to get better. Um, and, and that he did every single day. So uh, going into spring training, uh, you know, for the first time, what was it, the experience like for you, you know, down there, well, part of the Red Sox organization? Because like you said earlier, it's not, you know, split up. You're all there from uh, Major League all the way down to high A, you know, low A. Everybody's there. So what was it like? And were you – did you have a starstruck experience? Because uh, sometimes, you know, we got Dustin Pedroia, Ortiz, Pedro's down there, you know. Uh, and what was that like? Yeah, so my first ever spring training was 21, 22. I signed in 21. Um, and it actually, it was kind of like a false taste of reality because 
the lockout was going on. I don't know if you, I mean, you, you guys obviously remember that, but in 22, mm-hmm. the MLB was locked out. And so there was only minor leaguers down there. Um, and I don't think the lockout ended until probably, you know, two weeks in a spring training. I can't remember the exact number of days, but we were basically spoiled for two weeks. Um, we kind of had the whole cage to ourselves. We had every field to ourselves. We like we were the priority because the big leaguers weren't there, right? And then obviously when the big leaguers get there, we kind of get pushed out the weight room and, and we got to go lift in the tent and uh, they've got first priority to the cages. Um, but yeah, it was it was awesome. You know, the, the current, I, I really didn't have any starstruck experiences with the current players because like I mentioned earlier, you know, they're they're just one of the guys that at the end of the day there was no guys that were intentionally big leaguing anybody you know if they if you're around them they spoke to you um you know chris l mingled and hung out with, with minor league guys but i will say as far as former players went um i was walking across the agility fields one day and uh the the agility fields are kind of connected to the to the bullpens and i'm walking towards the locker room and and pedro pedro martinez is kind of sitting in the bullpen by himself and obviously Sam and I know who he is and uh, I'm like, ah, like I'm going to stay out of his way and I'm going to try to walk as far away around him as possible. And he uh, he actually made it a point to, you know, stand up, walk towards me and he stuck his hand out and said, hey, I'm Pedro Martinez. And my heart's pounding. I'm like, ah, I know who you are. <laughs> and I ended up I ended up just saying, oh, I'm Pierre. And I, when I left, I was like, God, you should say Pierre Meredith, like your full name. He just introduced himself to you that way. So. Um, but that was definitely that was definitely my starstruck moment. Just just being around a guy like that, uh, it was it was it was a it was a fun moment for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was it was DC and I. Uh, we talked to uh, Joe Bradley. Uh, he's the VP of the Woo Sox, and he, we had him on here. He uh, he said, "Hey, I can hook you up with press passes because DC and and myself we live down in Pennsylvania, so." We, the only time we get to see him is, uh, is when they play the Real Riders or the, uh, the uh, Lehigh Valley's teams. So uh, we went and got press passes. You know, Joe hooked us up, got everything set up. And DC looks at me. He goes, dude, I'm like what? He goes, we can't ask for autographs anymore. And and it, it kind of like I kind of sat back and I was like, man, really? And I'm like. Yeah, but now we get to talk to these people like like you, you know. We get yeah. to talk to you guys, interact with you, bond with you guys, and then like we get to go along in your journey and everything. I'm like, that's kind of kind of like making friendships now. Like I I sit there and go through my phone sometimes because I used to do a re- a pro wrestling podcast before this, and I go through my phone sometimes. And I'm like, dude, if 18, 19, 20-year-old me knew, like, the numbers I have in my phone, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so, but, yeah, it, it, you get starstruck sometimes. Uh, but you guys are all, all the, all you guys, you know, are normal people. You know, you guys just have a little bit more high-profile job where all eyes are on you guys. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's all it is, you know, just a bunch of guys being guys and, and playing a, playing a kid's game at the end of the day. And so I think when you remember that, it kind of, it kind of grounds you and humbles you and you look around and you're like, man, I actually belong here. So George. 
I'm sure that winning the championship this year was probably the highlight of your minor league career. Uh, what other highlights, you know, going, you know, coming up through your professional career, uh, you think you'll you'll always remember as you look back? Oof, that's a that's definitely a, a tough one. Probably uh, first home runs, obviously, always memorable. Um, only hit two of them my whole career, so. It's not, it's not that many I got to I gotta go back and, and look through. But the first one, uh, the, the month of August in 2022 was a good month for me. And I just remember, you know, working and faced some adversity that year and kind of dealt with some things. But uh, continued to work, continued to persevere and, and, and kind of, you know, saw the saw the reward from that. Um, I think I think that was the end of August when I did it. Or maybe it might have been the middle of August. But mm -hmm. that first of run was it's probably going to be. Cool. Something super memorable. Uh, did, did you get your ball back? No. So we were in Kannapolis, North Carolina, and there was a daggum construction site behind the uh, behind the. Oh, no way. And I hit it, and it bounced through the little fence, ended up in the construction site. And after the game, I think I hurried up, showered real quick, and ran off before the bus took off. And I'm sitting there looking through the fence like, ah, oh, do I see it? Do I see it? And there's like obviously no trespassing signs everywhere, and and I actually contemplated hopping that fence and and going back in there, but <laughs> I didn't want to go to jail that night, so I uh, I refrained. <laughs> yeah, plus be late for the bus on top of it, right? Uh, I could have Ubered back. I won't worry about that. I just didn't want to go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, if, uh, go ahead, George. If you had a message to give to a young person who was listening to our podcast tonight, what would it be? Two things, I think. Um, I think one, the same messages that my parents gave me, you know, whatever you want to do, if you set your mind to it and if you put in put in the time and, and, and put in the work, then you can achieve essentially anything in this world. Uh, don't let anybody put limitations on you and don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. Because at the end of the day, like no one knows like no one knows their potential, right? And so I think, you know, give it your all. And, and if you fall short, then you just fall short. But at the end of the day, I think you can hang your hat um, on, on knowing that you, you tried your best and you gave it your all. And uh, the, the next thing I say I would say is, is be a good person. Because like I said earlier, at the end of the day, no one no one remembers. I mean, obviously, the Barry Bonds, the Griffies, and, and the Alex Rodriguez, like people, people are going to talk about them all the time. But I think when it comes to people and uh, – on a day-to-day -day basis and in your daily life, like they're going to remember the, the type of person you were. And so treat people with respect, whether it's the CEO or the janitor, it doesn't matter who they are. Um, treat everyone the same, Absolutely. Treat respect and courtesy. Um, and I think that'll take you a long way in life. And I think, I think that's something everyone should just live by. I mean, we're all humans at the end of the day. Uh, no one's above anyone else. Some of us might have, or some people might have more high profile jobs or, or more, more money in the bank account. But at the end of the day, we're all human. Um, and, and treat each other as, as such. So those would be the two biggest things I think I would want a young person to take away from me. Well said. Anything else, George? No, I'm good. Yeah. Okay, uh, Kier, what? You don't have to name everybody, but now some close relationships that you are glad that you made while playing baseball that you're look forward to continuing outside of uh, baseball? Um, I think that, I mean, shoot, there's, there's a ton. Like I said earlier, 
just the whole organization was was so tightly knit. Um, and I think honestly, every guy that I play with, you know, in some capacity, I'll keep a relationship with. But a few guys that stick out are Chris Troy. He mentioned him earlier. Um, just an all around wonderful guy. And, and I think I think y'all are gonna enjoy having him on next week. He's a he's a pretty big personality. Um, but Nick Decker, uh, him and I got pretty close this year. Um, Max Ferguson, Roman Anthony, I mean, Marcelo, all those guys, you know, was, was, was fortunate enough. Blaze, um, Carson Seamus, uh, we were roommates on the road forever. Uh, Macy O'Campbell. I mean, I can, I can continue to, to name a ton of guys, but mm-hmm. I think, I, I think it's pretty cool. I see this now with my college teammates. Like now that we're not playing together, we're actually pretty close. Like we're closer. Um, and so hopefully the same thing can be said in a couple of years. When I look back on my on my relationship with my professional teammates, you know, we may not see each other every day. We may live across the country from each other or we may be doing different things. But hopefully we can say that our relationships are stronger and we're, and we're closer uh, because of the time that we spent together in the clubhouse. OK, Kier, this is one of my favorite parts and favorite questions I get to ask. It's a hot tub time machine. All right. You can go back in the time to face any pitcher you want. Bottom of the ninth, bases loaded. You can face any pitcher. Who is it and why? Oof. I think I think the only right answer, right, is you have to go you have to go Roger Clemens or or, or pay two of the greats or right? Bottom of the ninth, big situation. I mean, if you hit a home run, a walk-off homer. Like you're gonna be remembered forever, uh, and so being a Red Sox, I mean, I, I'm gonna have to go with Clemens. Um, big moment, you know. If you strike out, oh well. But if you're the homer, that's something you're always gonna have. <laughs> uh, any final uh, food for thought? Can you repeat that? I think you kind of went out for for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the, George, uh, anything else that you'd like to say? Or ask? Uh, no, just. You know, I'm I'm always impressed when I when we talk to uh, players about you know their their commitment to their craft, but at the same time, as you said, remaining grounded, and that you know the importance of being a good person on top of it. And I think you know you're you're a great example of that. I think that if you do decide to work with young people, you're going to do an outstanding job. Because you know what it you know what it takes to to get things done, but you also know what it takes to be a good person. And sadly, I think a lot of a lot of the youth today needs that. So, I really appreciate that. Gear, last thing I'm going to ask of you before you can give up your you know where you can uh, get found, you know how people can connect with you. I want you to give a a final farewell. Sp- uh, moment of what the Boston Red Sox, your fellow Greenville teammates, and everybody that you've played with, you know, w- w- what they've meant to you. Yeah, um, shoot, I don't know where to start. I mean, the organization, like I mentioned earlier, was was gracious enough to 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 give a young kid a chance to go out and chase his dream. So I I think from that standpoint, I'm forever you know indebted to the organization and and extremely grateful for the opportunity that they gave me um, from the first day into the last, you know, they treated me, uh, they treated me well. I obviously wasn't a top prospect and I, 
And I wasn't one of the guys you're going to see on prospect rankings or, or prospect boards, but you know, from the respect to the care to just just everything, they they, they treated me great. Um, to all my teammates, you know, it was a blast, and uh, we made some special memories together. Obviously, things that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, and so, I'm just thankful for those memories. I'm thankful for the relationships that I made, and you know, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. All in all, um, I'm obviously gonna gonna miss being in the clubhouse and and miss being in the locker room and miss competing every day. But um, you know it comes a point in everyone's life and career where they've got to hang the cleats up. And so that time has come for me, but I'm, I'm super uh, appreciative and grateful just for the opportunity, opportunity and the memories uh, made with the Red Sox organization. So. Pierre, I couldn't sit there and said that any better. And uh, please let all of our fans know where they can sit there and hit, hit you up where they can follow you at. Yeah, so everything, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, LinkedIn, <laughs> everything is uh, is at Kier Meredith. I try to keep it super simple. Uh, luckily, I've got a unique name, so there's not too many Kiers out there in the world. And so my usernames haven't been taken on any platforms yet, but at Kier Meredith on, on all those platforms, and uh, you'll be able to find me, shoot me a message. I love to hear from people and, and, and connect with people, so... Thank you. Uh, thank you for sitting there and giving us some of your time. Thank you for coming on. It's been a blast. Uh, we'd love to have you back on for a round two sometime uh, in the future, if that's possible. Absolutely. So, guys, uh, check out all of our episodes, including this one, uh, all major platforms, iTunes, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Go over. Head out uh, and check out our merchandise where you can get the newly released. Kiera, I see Kier looking at it already. The Roman <laughs> Empire established 2022. Uh, you can get that. You can get that shirt uh, along with all of our other ones. Our pesky podcast logo shirt. Uh, but hey, until next time, when we get set to get to talk to Kier's good friend Chris Troy. Thank you for checking out. The Pesky Podcast. Thank you guys for having me on.